Back to the Fem South podcast. I'm your host, Lee. You may be wondering why it's been so long since I've put out a podcast episode. It's been over six months, maybe even longer than that. I've lost track of time. But I will say that I have a good reason, and that is because I'm trying to give myself some time to rest and reflect on what we've been doing in the book club these last few years and to generate some new ideas. Uh, It turns out also that podcasting is really hard and keeping up with podcasting and all of the social media and marketing around podcasting is almost nearly impossible to do. And so I've had to pull back from that a little bit as well, give myself a break, be loving to myself and caring to myself and realize that I can't go as fast and as hard as maybe other people seem to be able to do, and that's fine. And also that we can't be everything, do everything all the time that we do need to to rest, to take a break, to recharge. And so that's what I've been doing. Having said that, I am now excited to be talking about all the great events that we have coming up this year and all the great books that we're going to be reading. I've invited my good friends, Kadeen and Shannon, to come help me do this kickoff podcast. Kadeen and Shannon are my good friends, and they're also members of the FemSouth Book Club and have both been featured on previous podcast episodes. So I'm going to let them tell you a little bit more about themselves. Shannon, do you want to go first? All right. Well, I'm Shannon. I've been part of FemSouth for a few years now, and I am Lee's friend and Kadeen's friend, and I live in Fairhope. I'm a native Southerner. I'm divorced and a mom of two. I work as a hospital pharmacist in our local hospital, and I have a small fluffy dog that I love very much, and um, I like to take long walks by the bay, and I enjoy knitting and crocheting. My rage knitting um, was one particular episode while we were discussing what's the book rage becomes her. I was rage knitting during the entire, uh, book club conversation about rage becomes her. Yes. In fact, I kind of wish I bought my knitting today. So Kadeen, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Hello. My name is Kadeen Christie. I am a native of Jamaica. I live here in Daphne for about now three years. Um, I have three beautiful children that I homeschooled for a while, um, and this was like the first year that I didn't homeschool, so I'm kind of mourning the loss of that because I've homeschooled for 10 years. I'm in a new place in my life now where I'm trying to figure out where I go next, and it's really exciting. 
So I'm a published author. I wrote a collection of essays about two years ago, and one of the essays got published in the New York Times last year, of which kind of started this new year of like getting an agent, uh, writing and going through that process, which has been really exciting, tiring, exciting, different, beautiful. Um, had to seek therapy a few times for that. <laughs> Because I think writing kind of does that. Um, I'm married to my childhood sweetheart, and we've been married now. We calculated it. It's going to be 17 years in November. So um, that's. I think that's about it for me, for intro. Well, thanks. And just, I didn't say this in the beginning, but you guys have both been on a previous podcast. So if anybody wants to go back and check out some um, some previous episodes, then please do so. Um, Shannon, do you want to like chime in and talk about like what you've been doing this year so far? How's your 2022 been going? The past year has been a really interesting one for me, I guess. As you know, I work in the hospital and we've had a fourth and fifth wave since I was last podcasting for you wrapping up 2020. We were the last time I was here with you, Lee and Jillian. I think it was the beginning beginning of twenty twenty one, and we were so hopeful for twenty twenty one. And good things happened in twenty twenty one, but in many ways, I feel like it was just more of the same and worse in some ways. So, um, I have been divorced for four years. My uh, ex moved back into this area, which has been a trans was which was a big transition for myself and my daughter. And um, I started a new relationship, which has been exciting and a little choppy at times, reentering into that into that territory. Um, overall, I feel like I've just been really busy and don't have a lot of downtime, which I think is my major struggle right now. I feel like I'm in some kind of transitional period, but I'm not sure what I need to transition to next because I'm so overwhelmed with just keeping up with my daily demands that it's hard for me to see the longer arc of my life. So I've had some internal struggle about that. Like, what should I be doing with my life right now? It feels like a transition time, but I'm not transitioning because I'm just trying to keep the dirty dishes and laundry done. Uh, Yeah, I feel that too. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And while being in a new relationship is very exciting, it also takes up, I think, quite a bit of my, my bandwidth. Yeah, new relationships do require a lot of bandwidth. It can be kind of exhausting. They're like exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. It's like all of your hormones and neurochemistry like starts just doing fireworks. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun. But it's fun like being on a water slide continuously. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I remember. I remember. It's been a while since my relationship was new, but I remember that time being very tumultuous. When it first started? Yeah. Well, you know how when it first starts, you're excited and you're in love, but at the same time, well, I don't know if you feel this, but I've always feel an an enormous amount of uncertainty and jealousy and confusion. I think everybody does. Insecurity. Insecurities and, um, you know, all that is kind of goes alongside of all of the fun and the love and the excitement. Yeah. And I think this relationship has been part of the reason why I have gone back into therapy for initially I I joined this new like online group therapy thing and now I'm transitioning to individual therapy because 
I had done a lot of recovery from my prior relationship, but entering into a new relationship showed me that there were still a lot of areas that I had not worked on yet, just because I had a lot of growth and, you know, personal growth and growth with my friendships and other relationships. But yeah, being in a new romantic relationship showed me that there was still a lot of work that I needed to do in that territory. So now I'm doing that work as well. Well, thank you for sharing that, Shannon. I am really excited for you, though, to have a new relationship. And I do know it's super challenging because of past relationship traumas. I mean, it's so hard. And I've watched you just as your friend, you know, watched you go through some things and face some some um, difficult situations. And so I'm really proud that you're moving through all that. Yeah. I do feel like I'm very proud of a lot that I've accomplished in my life. And I feel like I'm really hitting middle age and aging is catching up with me, but it just terrifying, but also really satisfying. And I think I should give myself more credit for my accomplishments. I mean, I'm really proud of my oldest child right now. He just turned 21. He's in his third year of college. He's doing so well. And he and I struggled a lot in his high school and early college years. And I'm just very proud of his growth and maturity and responsibility. And, you know, my younger child is hitting adolescence and she's made a really great transition to middle school. And I'm so proud of her as well, even though we occasionally have choppy waters there. So Kadeen, how about you? How's your year been going so far? So I feel like I can't talk about 2022 without like kind of going back into 2021 because I feel like this has been a long year that kind of just rolled into 2022 without me even like noticing. Um, So I feel like last year I I was at the cottage uh, without all the chaos and the noise. Um, It was really lovely just leaving the house and knowing that I had a space to go to and write for a couple of hours. Um, So I was there for several months and I submitted my draft of like 93,000 words in December. Wow. I did not think it was possible (laughs) to push so many words out of my body, but I did. Um, And when I was done with that process, I cried because it it was therapeutic in a way, but it was nice to know that, um, I'm not the only one looking at my work now before it goes out into the world. I feel like my first book, it was just me trying to like go from place to place and people to people and beg people to read or, you know, or edit for me. And just when I was done with this process and knowing that it was going off into the hands of like professionals, that was, it's amazing to get help with your craft. Yeah. Um, And that's quite an accomplishment, really. I mean, wow. Well, it was 120,000 words at first. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because my agent was like, just keep going. And I was like, okay, you know, like, okay, I'll keep going. And then I kept going. And then when I spoke with her again, she said, well, now you have to trim it. Okay, so 120,000 words, trim it now. So go back and read it. And if you've ever written anything, the hardest part is to go back and read your work without wanting to erase everything or ask yourself questions about why did you put that there? Is it important? Um, And so re-editing myself, that was, that was, that was a heavy task. Um, Cried a few times, hubby brought me champagne (laughs) because that's my thing this year. I drank a lot of champagne this year. Champagne is your thing this year. (laughs) Because I got to the point where 
I was like, okay, well, you celebrate, you know, like when something good happens. And I noticed that when something bad happens, I kind of go into a funk. And this year I decided that good news, bad news, I'm going to celebrate because it's also the bad news can be something that's going to be good in the long run. I believe that to be true now completely, wholeheartedly. And so I've had a few bad things happen this year that I had to be like, you know what? It's just champagne time. Let's pop, let's pop it and, you know, and celebrate still. And then, so after I submitted my draft, I didn't know I was going to go into like this whirlwind of what the hell am I doing with my life? Because you submit your work, but then you have this like, free time that you're like, oh, what am I doing? Like, am I doing enough? What what am I doing if I'm not like working? And so I had to, hmm, that that was hard. I cleaned a lot. When I'm stressed out, I also clean. (laughs) Me too. Champagne and cleaning. (laughs) I know. Like when, when, when the family come home and the table, the chairs are on the table, they're like, oh, okay. You know, like I had one of those moments with Sarai the other day, she came home from work and everything was just even the baseboards were wiped and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I'm not sure, but I know that I'm working through something. And it hit me that the kids started virtual school like a couple months before I started writing. And so I was a little free with that and it was okay. But then I started writing for the whole year and coming out of that, it was just like, oh, so what is my role now? I'm no Mm -hmm. longer a homeschooler. Mm And that's 10 years of every year picking the curriculum, doing the research every summer, um, you know, like making sure that each of them have something that suits their personality. Because I really enjoyed when I was teaching them is picking one book that I would work through with each child. And I missed that. I didn't know how much. I honestly said to Zariah, I said, I feel like I'm, I had the greatest job and I lost it. And then I cried. <laughs> like I had the greatest job for 10 years and then I lost it. And so now it's just coming back to, not even coming back to anything, but it's moving forward into like, I know writing is in my path, but I know something else is, but I'm not sure what that is. And I'm trying to figure that out or, you know, trying to ask the questions and see where I go from here. But it's it's really like a, I don't know if it's midlife, I'm 40, but I do feel like I'm at a, a path here that is not familiar mm. and it's uncomfortable and scary. Yeah. yeah. I feel that too, yeah. I'm 40, I'm gonna be 47 in a, in a, in a week. <gasps> Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I've also been going through that, trying to figure out what's my next move, you mm. know, because <clears throat> I've been adjuncting for a really long time and my kids are going to be out of, well, my oldest will be out of school and into college after a year from now. So I've been a lot of um, counseling sessions with Shannon about what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've been like trying to get my um state teaching certification to see if I could teach, you know, high school English. And then I started 
substitute teaching, and that changed my mind about wanting to teach high school English. Why didn't you talk to me before? I would have helped you change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, right? I already kind of knew. I've, tr- I've done this before. I've been in a, I mean, my first major in, in college was education, and I did an internship excuse me, I did an internship back then. I just thought I was young and that was why it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for me. So I've just been applying for all of these PhD and EDD programs. And that's a lot of work because one program in particular, I had to, you know, submit a 15 page writing sample. And so I hadn't really written an essay in almost 10 years. And so I had to go back and do that, which I really actually enjoy doing. I love to write essays, strangely enough maybe even more than fiction. And so anyway, that whole process too has been what I've been going through. And one of the reasons why I haven't had the bandwidth to do a podcast in a while because of that. So, but I like how you explain that. It's like you were doing a really important creative job with your kids Mm -hmm. and that is no more. One is 18. The other is 15. She turned 15 a couple of days ago. Um, and then my son is turning 13 in July. It's just, it's just crazy how quickly, honestly, you know, like you hear it's the cliche, mm-hmm. the time goes by, but to think that we're thinking about, oh, Zarai's going off to college this year, then it's going to be four of us. <laughs> the dynamics of our family is going to change a little bit, you know? So, Yeah. I feel that. I mean, I think that's a lot of what I've been going through is just, it was a long stage of my life of actively parenting. And I still have one child at home, but by and large, that's over now. And what's next? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I orient my life around next? Right. And it sounds freeing, right? Like when you read this stuff in books, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is fascinating. I can't wait till I get there. But then it's like when you're actually in it, it just feels like you're walking in a in a dark cloud and you're uncertain of where you're going and where your kids are going. So I left yeah. this morning at 530 and I wasn't feeling well. So I was on the couch and I she kind of kissed me goodbye and I was like, all the scary thoughts about like your kids going out into the world, you know, like I know she's leaving at five thirty, but I thought about like, but she's going to go out into the world, you know, and there's no controlling that. Like you do want them to evolve into being themselves and stand on their own feet. But the only way to do that is to let them go. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. What's next? This is the interim period. Right. We're not completely free yet. But it's the, the in between. Yes. Which when you're in between something, there are always there are always like options then, right? Or paths that you're that's in front of you. So then it's how do you choose where to go? Like if you're in a job that you don't like, but you want to honor who you are as a person, do I quit? Do I try to go honor myself? Like honestly, like I tell my husband thanks all the time for this gift of time that he's given me because homeschooling the kids that was work but I feel like there was a time when he's like just just write you know just don't think about anything else just keep writing and I I'm grateful for that but then there is this point now where when the kids can take care of themselves and you're over here as an adult <laughs> uh, just writing and there's no money coming in you know hardly like yes I do I do submit my essays and sometimes I get money for that but 
I feel like I'm not a grown up yet. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of exciting to get into that zone, but it's like, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I have, I have a degree in counseling. I used to be a teacher. Now I'm writing, but what, which one will I pick and focus on that? You know? Yeah. And I'll say as your friend, like as both of your friends is, I really enjoyed watching both of y'all go through these transitional periods of your life. I mean, I know Lee for a while, you've been trying to figure out what your next step is. And I really enjoyed just kind of listening to you and the same for you, Kadeen. It has been just such a joy to see you bloom as a writer. And I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago when you did the podcast about homeschooling and you were talking about homeschooling your kids. And I said to you, you have developed such gifts during this 10 year period of homeschooling your children. And just imagine what you're going to be able to do with those mm-hmm. once you no longer are actively homeschooling. Right. So it's disorienting, but it's exciting as well. I'm going to take that Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one thing I'll go ahead and bridge us into this because Lee hasn't put out any podcast in a while. Recently, I went back and started listening to all of the Fem South podcast from the very beginning from episode one. And I've really enjoyed it. I was not actively involved with Fem South in the beginning. Um, Lee and Amaya started it back in 2017. 2017. Yeah. And I was really excited to revisit the initial podcast. It reminded me of my enthusiasm for this organization and why it was started and, you know, all the work that has been done during that time and so many exciting things. I mean, the movie screening, the panel discussion, the poetry reading we had last year. So, Lee, would you just like to talk about how FemSouth started, what your initial goals are, how you've kind of seen it? evolve over the past now five years wow five years that has been a long time and I think that was one of the reasons why I needed a long break for just to kind of recalibrate a little bit and and I don't know that I can answer that question with complete clarity because I feel like I'm still in a phase of trying to get clarity on what we have been really doing these last five years and where we want to go from here but I mean we started it to bring women together. Well, we started it on the inauguration of the Women's March. And a lot of what of Trump being elected president had a lot to do with us getting started and getting so much support in the beginning. Women were excited. You know, there were a lot of actual organizations predominantly um, organized by women floating around in our community already. And we were just kind of like a part of that kind of initial rage against Donald Trump, you know, (laughs) and misogyny and all the misogyny that he represented. But we started the book club first. Actually, that was even before that was while he was running for president. And we've we've always kind of um, based our discussions on the books that we're reading. And it's been a combination of feminist theory and books written by women or books written about women's issues. And um, we've been doing that. But we also really wanted to have a strong local community as well, which is one of the reasons why we have still not gone completely online and tried to make this more of a national project because we're still trying to keep our book club discussions local. We still meet in people's homes. I mean, the the pandemic made that obviously 
um, more challenging. But, you know, our local events, like you mentioned, we have film nights. We did a poetry. We've done several poetry nights, open mic poetry, and we're going to do one in a couple months that I'm very excited about. Um, we're getting ready to watch women in comedy in uh, a few weeks by watching stand up, you know, so just things like that, that we can come together as women in the community uh, and talk about our shared experiences, talk about our hard times and difficulties and support one another. I'm excited about the comedy. It's one of my favorite things, honestly. I feel like it's so brilliant for people to take like life and make it funny. Um, did you see the Tiffany Haddish ones that she promoted? Mm-mm. She did it on Netflix, and I think there's several comedians that they're fascinating. Watch the whole thing twice. You'll have to share that. I will. I'd love I to will. see it. Yeah, I every morning I wake up and I try to find something funny to watch before I get up out of my bed, honestly, because it's just the way to start the day. But I usually go right to comedy for that. Oh, do so, you really? Yeah. Yep. Who are some of your favorite comedians? Okay, so Cat Williams is my favorite of all times. <laughs> that doesn't help with the, you know, Femme South, but... Um... <laughs> you, you sent me some uh, of those. Yeah, did yes. I? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, because he does a lot of things on race. So for me, that is... Yeah, it's my go... He's my go-to. Um I do like Tiffany Haddish. I read her book and I cried and laughed the whole time that I was, because she was just so raw. So that made me want to watch the ladies that she was featuring. I don't remember all their names, but I love that it was a diverse group of women, both racial and sexual. And so it was, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, I'm excited too for our women in comedy. I mean, that could be a good segue into talking about kind of where we're going this year, what we've got on our agenda. So we started off with a, a collection of essays edited by June Eric Udori, and that one's entitled, Can We All Be Feminist? And that one was such a good one to kickstart the year off with because it had a wide range of essays on various feminist topics and issues by diverse voices. And so I really liked that one because it, because we, we only have one book every two months. So it's really hard to make that selection. So when we can read a collection like that, then I feel like we can cover much, much wider ground. Um, And so that one was just really good. And plus, I really liked some of the questions that came up about women who felt excluded with feminism. Where is feminism going, you know, especially with intersectional feminism? And I think that's a really good exercise to keep every year asking ourselves, what are our goals as feminists? Are we including as many voices as we possibly can? Are we providing support for as many women as we can? That kind of thing. And I think that kind of ties back to the arc of, of Fem South as well, because I would say that you, you kind of started with the feminist classics and Bell Hooks was there, but there was, you know, there was some old white women feminism at play too. And I think Fem South has moved more into intersectionality, and the book we read already was great for that because it was basically a series of essays looking at feminism through different filters, like the filter of ability or culture, sexuality, or some other ones. Yeah, I mean, to answer the first point that you made about the arc of our book club, yeah, we did start off that first year focusing a lot more on 
early feminist, white feminism. But I think probably after that first year, we did make a conscious shift to intersectionality and we started to really consciously focus on a wider range of authors, you know, starting with Audre Lorde, Bell Hooks, Toni Morrison, Louise Erdrich, Brenda Childs, um, Afia Takora, Soraya Chamali, Chimamanda Adichie, Roxane Gay, and definitely my favorite, Octavia Butler. So this book, Can We All Be Feminist, is a continuation of that effort But it's also kind of a check-in, I think, especially for people who are just coming to the book club and they haven't been along with us on this journey. That's why I like to kind of start the year with a book like this so that even for people who don't really know what intersectionality is, then this might be an entry point for some of those people. And then, of course, like you were saying, a lot of the essays are about really important topics like body image, fat liberation, um, trans feminism, um, what does feminism look like in a conservative Muslim family, um, reproductive rights in Ireland, uh, just a lot of really diverse voices. And yeah, again, like a lot of these women are, are raising the point that feminism hasn't necessarily been accepting of their identities or um, or that they're not, you know, finding support from mainstream white feminism. Um, I would have liked to have seen an article, an essay about religion, because I think religion is another important intersection that oftentimes gets ignored. I would also have liked to have seen one from an indigenous voice. And so, you know, there were some things missing, but overall, I think that the writers were all asking some really important questions and some really hard questions about where feminism is going in the future. And I think for us, we are we are intersectional and we are going to keep, you know, like I said, trying to include as many voices and representation as we can. It was a good Kickstarter for the year. And then we have a few more more books in the lineup. Um what fresh hell is this? Yes, that one's on menopause. We have so many, <laughs> so many women who are premenopausal. Sure. So that one, and I know Shannon, you and I have talked a lot about this, just, you know, going through all the ups and downs of hormones all over the place this la- these last couple of years, actually. So I'm excited about the menopause <laughs> one. <laughs> I think we're all target audience for some educational yet humorous uh, menopause. Yeah, we picked a funny one because, I mean, I think you have to have, like you were saying, a good sense of humor. What was the title of the book again? What Fresh Hell Is This? Yes. With flames on the cover. Yes. <laughs> An allusion to the infamous hot flashes. Yeah, so that one um, was selected because it does come, it does have a feminist lens and it does provide a, hopefully a lot of really good information for women who are going through menopause, premenopause, menopause, postmenopause. Mm-hmm. Perimenopause, menopause, other indignities, and you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and who's the author? Can you say who the author is, Shannon? Heather Karina. Okay. Yes. We're also going to be reading a very interesting book called The Girls of Kabul, In Search of a Hidden Resistance in Afghanistan. Mm. Yeah, The Girls of Kabul is one that I've been looking forward to because I've been wanting to learn more about women in Afghanistan and 
raise more awareness about the issues that they're facing, especially since the United States has pulled out. This book is so interesting. I've already started reading it. I'm not through with it. But the journalist, Jenny Norberg, uncovers a hidden custom in Afghanistan where young girls are being raised and presented as boys in homes where families do not have boys. um, And boys have so much, carry so much prestige and honor for the family. So when a family doesn't have a boy, sometimes a doctor might even present the baby as a girl to do a favor for the family. And so it's just really fascinating to see how these girls are being raised as boys, how much more freedom they have to get an education, to go outside, to play, to dress comfortably, to do all the things that one would want to do in their childhood as a boy, whereas the girls are still stuck in the homes. And once these girls being presented as boys hit puberty, then they have to return to their gender and live as a girl and get married and and go down that road of extreme oppression. So it's just really interesting and fascinating. And I think it's going to help us understand why feminism is so important still, especially in places like Afghanistan, where women have so few rights. So yeah, we're going to be reading about women in Afghanistan. We're also going to be reading Joy Harjo's collection of poetry by indigenous writers called Living Nations, Living Worlds. And I'm really excited about this new author, Christina Rivera Garza, that I just learned about this year. She's a Mexican writer, and this the particular story that we're reading of hers is called The Iliac Crest, and it's translated by Sarah Booker. And I think probably one of the reasons why I'm the most excited about this book is because it's um it's a queer gothic tale that subverts the male and female binaries. And I really just love gothic literature in general. So yeah, it's one I'm looking forward to. I'm also really excited to read erotic stories for Punjabi widows. I know nothing about the book other than the title, but it's got to be a hit. It, so I didn't read it yet, but I, one of the ladies that I listened to on YouTube, I think it is, had her on, the author on. So it was really interesting to hear like, her talk about those stories and then for people to chime in with their questions because they had already read it but I just thought it was it was yeah I'm I'm definitely gonna get that book I want to read it thanks for reminding me yeah I mean there's so many books to read I know it's hard like I said it's so hard to pick I mean we've gone through so many topics over these last few years and so we're trying to branch out and do some topics that we obviously haven't hit before And I think this one came from one of our, a recommendation from one of our um, book club members because somebody wanted to talk more about women and, and sexuality. And this one was just such a great one because it's coming from a perspective of a Muslim woman who, and I've only started to read a little bit of this because I should say to our listeners, when we are picking these books, you know, we haven't read them yet while we're picking them. And um, we read along with everybody else unless one of us has actually read the book. Mostly, though, we haven't. I do sometimes get the books and try to, like, run through the first maybe chapter to see if they seem like they're as good as the reviews. 
but I don't always have time to do that because we try to get the book list out in January. So I have started to read this one and I've gotten through maybe like the first four or five chapters and it is really good. I'm enjoying it a lot. So I think everybody's going to really like it. And we should probably say the, the name of the author, Bali Kaur Jaswal, but I might not be pronouncing that right. So we've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Um, we have a lot of great events that we're going to be putting on over the next year. And if you haven't decided to already, hopefully you'll listen to this podcast and decide to join our book club group, our private book club group online. And we kind of need to wrap this up. So because Shannon's got to run to an appointment. Any final thoughts before we head out? It's International Women's Day. That's right. Thank you, Shannon, for saying that, because I totally forgot to say that it is International Women's Day. Well, it was just fun hanging out again, really. Like, I, I just miss the camaraderie and just being with you ladies. So it's been exciting. And I'm looking forward to the books to read this year. I'm really just reading books from um, Punjabi women, like, you know, just names that I can't pronounce that I have to look up. So I'm excited. Well, being together has made me really excited for the year to come. I love our time together and I love our discussions. And I just feel so fortunate to have so many amazing women in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you both for joining me today to do this kickoff podcast. And um, yeah, I'm so excited and happy that I got to spend this little bit of time with you on this special day. So let's go out and do whatever we want to today. Let's go raise some hell. <laughs> let's go raise Watch some comedy. hell. The Fem South is a podcast and book club community produced in the Deep South. We are dedicated to educating, supporting, and empowering women through feminist theory and community. We are intersectional, we are inclusive, and we believe there is no one way to be a feminist. Feminism is an ongoing journey of self-discovery and activism. Our book club is an ongoing exchange between theory and embodiment, and we are simply here to hold space for this collective journey. If you want to get involved with FemSouth, you can go to our website at FemSouth.com and sign up for our newsletter. If you would like to be a part of our book club, you can ask to join our private Facebook book club group where we read and discuss books online. You can also follow us on Instagram and listen to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. We'd really appreciate it if you would give us some feedback and a rating so that we can know what you, dear listeners, are thinking. If you feel motivated to support us, you can head over to our Patreon account, Patreon slash FemSouth, where you can select your monetary gift. So until next time, you've been listening to FemSouth. Mm-hmm.